Hey there, you're welcome to Founders Connect, a show where I have conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and operators in Africa. This is the right show for you to be listening to if you love behind the scenes stories about people, their careers, and not your businesses. My name is Pissy Timmy, and I'm very, very, very delighted to be your host. You can follow this conversation on social media, hashtag Founders Connect. You can watch the video of each episode on my YouTube channel at PCTME or just search for Founders Connect on YouTube to find the playlist. Also, please share this podcast, subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, leave a rating, and you know, share it, hashtag Founders Connect. Enjoy the episode. Today, I'll be having a conversation with an OG founder, one of the people that literally built our industry. He's Chimeze Emewulu. He's the founder and CEO of Simfix, and he has done it for 15 years. Think about it. Where were you 15 years ago? Anyway, I'm going to learn about him and his journey and the company he has been building for a very long time. So make sure you stay and watch this video to the end. I'll see you. Chimeze, how are you doing? Thank you so much for making this. Uh, just coming and sitting with me. It's a pleasure and an honor to be sitting with you. I'm very excited to really have this conversation. So thank you. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so tell me. I like to start my interviews like a background story about Fana before we start talking about the business right, and how you okay. built it. Like, what's your background story? Where did you grow up? Where are you from? Um, what schools did you attend? What do you remember most about your childhood? Just anything you can tell us about your background. I think the heaven just opened and dropped me down on earth. <laughs> then I found a company. <laughs> Have you ever heard that kind of story? No. <laughs> Maybe it is the first. Anyway, my story is just the same regular story. Um, I grew up, I was born in Onsoka, in, in UNN actually. So I grew up in the uni, university environment, primary, secondary school, university, everything was in UNN. Um, when I finally graduated, that was the first time I actually got to live in Soka and travel far away, you know, <laughs> all the way to Lagos. Came from a very humble background. My mom used to work in the university, now she's retired. My dad used to be a trader. Now, they're both retired and they're in the village. In life. Yeah, so <laughs> they started doing other things that they love, started going more to the farm and stuff. So I came to Lagos in 2006. Um, that was when I graduated, okay? Mm. I studied electronic engineering in UNN. I didn't make a first class though, but my founder did, you know? My co-founder co actually, yeah. he did. So, um, so we started Simfix in 2007. Mm -hmm. We graduated in 2006. Um, I actually resigned when I was doing youth service. You know, even though I had to finish my youth service, but that was when I. So I started work before youth service. Worked for one year, but when I went to do my youth service and go were in the camp, you know, there was this restlessness. I just realized I'm not the kind of person that climbs a corporate ladder. I'm the kind of person that builds the ladder. Okay. and get people to climb, do you understand? And push people up as much as possible, rather than just sit down and be hoping to climb the ladder, build as many ladders as possible, get as many people as possible up the ladder, mm. you know, remove poverty, you know, do as much as you can, because I came from a very humble background as well. So we started Simfix in 2007, and um, of course, Immediately we started, hunger came in. <laughs> all the all the people that I discussed with before we started Simfix, and I asked them for advice. All the advice I got was, don't start, don't just bother, just you have a good job. Because um, I was um, I started working with a company called Socketworks mm. um, when I graduated, and I was a software engineer building solutions for them. 
So when I made the decision to leave and focus on building Simfix, actually, I had a very interesting experience where we went for a sales um, opportunity and I was supposed to be the software person doing the demo. Mm. So the guy I went for the sales with, Mr. Dami Bamiro, very great friend of mine, very great guy. So I went with him and I realized he positioned himself as a consultant and they paid him for consultancy and then he sold the company solution. So he's a salesperson right. that gets consultation fee and I'm like, that's interesting. I, I love that. I want to, I want to do yeah. that. So I lobbied to move to the sales team and ultimately they couldn't move me. So I ended up leaving because I didn't get, I wanted to be a salesperson. I didn't want to be a software engineer. Right. Well, how did you find, I mean, you said you grew up in Osaka. How did you find engineering and software engineering in the first place? How did I find it? Yeah, like what was your first experience coding? How was this thing and interest that okay. you picked up? Okay, so you see, when I was in UNN, I, when I joined first year, um, there's this um, organization called the Opus Day. Mm. They set up a center called Uhere, Uhere Study Center. So the focus of Uhere Study Center was to um, form boys, you know, Uhara is for the boys, they have another one for the girls, I think it's called Grindel or something. So the focus was to form for spiritual formation and to teach the boys how to pray, how to walk, because the motto is to walk is to pray. So they will gather us then and teach us, we'll go for clubs, go and play football and stuff like that, go for code camp, work camp, mm. we'll go to clean up houses and stuff. So at some point they started gathering us together to teach us how to code. So when I joined, when I entered first year, I joined um, Information Technology Academy. Um, they founded by then Pius Onobayedo, who is now, a, I think he's a professor now in Pan-African University, Pan-Atlantic University. Mm. So he founded it then, and then he would gather us together, teach us how to code. And then when we were in first year, he structured the program so that from first year to final year, you start coding from your first year. Mm. So I found myself, in my first year, built a brick game in C language, built a car race in QBasic. Um, in my second year, I built a 16-bit compiler in C language. Then um, I know I think that was when we did a lot more work on the brick game because of having some memory leaks, we concluded it. Then ultimately, we started. We went for youth um, for IT did more work in terms of, in terms of understanding what the industry needed built up our skill sets came back built our final year project and then graduated so when i was in second year that was when i was doing a lot of final right. year projects for people so they will take i'll have like four different groups that <laughs> come meet me i'll just be explaining to them what they need to do and stuff like that but then when we started seeing fix eventually we obviously didn't i mean Okay, well, I think I've answered your question yes. <laughs> <laughs> about how I found it. Engineering was interesting for me because right from, a, right from childhood, everybody was calling me an engineer. Mm. Right from childhood, when I was very young, like maybe five, six, seven, we'll go to the village. My, grandfa my, uh, my grandfather was a bicycle repairer, mm. but people call him engineer. So whenever we come home for Christmas, they will say, they will call, is engineer around? I will jump out and say, yes, yes. I'm around. <laughs> so, you know. I really, from that childhood, wanted yes. to be an engineer. Yeah. But then ultimately, when I started work, I wanted to now move from just, just being sales. an engineer to being um, an 
a business engineer, so somebody that is in the business of tech, mm. not just in the tech of tech. Mm. I realized that to make a lot of significant impacts, to get a lot of traction, one needed to pay more attention in the business of tech mm. and to be able to now influence the direction of um, flow of how things generally get done, influence building up talent, influence opportunities, influence, make a change, solve problems. Because problems, you articulate the solutions to them and then you go engage, you know. So I realized that I wanted to be doing that more because I had gone through a process where I had even built a compiler, mm -hmm. you know, in C language. He is 16 bit compiler, not even 32 bits. That's to tell you it's very old, yeah. right? So I had gone through a process where I started with QBasic, this C, this C++, the Java, you know, progressed like that up to the point where we now say, you know what, That's let's good. focus on... So what was the early days of Simfix like? Early days of Simfix was extremely exciting and interesting. What were you guys doing then? Uh, so we were basically building um, the base platform that we needed to be using to be building other solutions. You see, when we started, the, some persons in the industry say, ah, these guys work like horses. Mm -hmm. They are always very fast. And the real reason was that we built um, a code delivery mechanism such that all we needed to do was design a model, impute the model into our engine, then the engine spits out the code. So a bulk of the work has been done for you, like 70% of the work has been done. All you now need to do is now to look at the business, um, business process logic right. and just implement it. So literally, myself and my co-founder, we built a complete university campus manager mm. in just two nights. Mm. All we needed to do was spend one full day on the model, agree on the model, design it, design the entire flow, and then put it in that engine that we spent over eight months building and then it spits out all the code. So in less than some few hours, the code is ready. And then we now go to look, do the view layer, design the views. Everything is still controlled by the same um, framework. And then eventually you do some basic um, implementation and then you push out, you know. But it was that simple. So basically what Simfix was doing at that time was just building tech solutions for other companies. Okay, so um, you see the name Simfix is from seamless fixing of problems. Mm. That is Simfix, okay? So when we started, some, there were some things that made us start. There were some burning desires. You see, Simfix believes that identity is a right, it's not a privilege. Mm. Simfix believes that everybody deserves equal access to opportunities. Everybody, nobody should be excluded on the basis of their identity or on the basis of where they are born or on the basis of where they are. Mm. Nobody should be excluded. Everybody deserves equal access, everybody. And Synfys believes that ordinary services should be delivered in extraordinary ways. Very ordinary services should be delivered. So you see, when, people, when we looked at the, where we are coming from, looked at the country, we realized that, hey, there's a lot of problems that needs to be solved, mm -hmm. a lot of it. So we didn't exactly set out to be just one product, so we built one product and we're making a difference with just one product. We set out to actually build an organization that solves problems and build a lot of other um, solutions. So we set out to build leaders 
in problem solving using technology, if you understand what I mean. So that's what Synfix set out to do. And to a large extent, I think we have you know, largely achieved that and we're still making a lot of significant In terms progress. of achievement, what would you say has been like the key milestones in the last 15 years? Uh, well, um, what I think I want to rather do is to focus on the next 10 years. <laughs> Let's mm -hmm. do both. Okay. So, um, in 2019, we had some bit of analysis and we said, hey, where do we want to get to? And we said, what's, we analyzed what kind of impact we're making today. We realized that over 350 million persons have been impacted using our solution. Mm -hmm. We realized that we've built over 500 leaders. We realized that at least close to a thousand organizations are serviced using our solution. At least they actually wake up daily and sit on our solution and use it to do their work and earn money mm -hmm. and actually like survive. And, and what kind of, like, what's an example of these solutions? Like uh, we've built the SIM registration solution for the telcos, for example, MTN use it, Glow use it. So we have organizations using our Android enrollment solution for the NIMC. We have um, universities using our solution for transcript digitization and transcript processing. For example, um, in UNN before, transcript processing used to take upwards of six months. Mm. You apply for a transcript and you don't even get to know if it will ever ship. But we went to UN and we took the past 50 years academic record, we digitized it, transcribed everything, and then we put a process portal for people to apply for their transcripts. Because we have a vision of happiness in service delivery, happiness between the person receiving the service and the person delivering the service. So when you apply for a transcript in UNN now, what happens is that you just go online, you apply, you pay, and you receive a tracking number. And then you start tracking when your transcript is delivered. And this happens within less than a week. So from six months to less oh, than wow. a week, that is actually problem solving. Yeah. And now we started expanding it to other universities. So right now we started trying to get as many universities as possible to come onto the same kind of um, platform so that we can add way more. So we're delivering a lot of um, tra um, transcripts in that regard. Okay. Also, we have thousands of um, people getting their SIMs activated daily through our platform for SIM registration with the telcos. We have um, a telco like Nine Mobile using our um, mobile device manager to manage over 10,000 devices they have in the field and there are so many more organizations that can benefit from using that same kind of solution. We have the National Identity Management Commission using our Android enrollment software to manage enrollment into the NIN database. Mm. And for that, we had to do a lot of ISO certifications, like we have ISO 27001, 27701. These are on information security and information, um, personal information management. And for ISO 27701, we are the very first software company in Africa mm. and the second company overall in Africa to get that kind of certification and to also keep it. So we've just been doing a lot of groundwork, a lot of behind the scene kind of work. We've not really been out there in the media yeah. talking and screaming and being all over the place. So the kind of solutions we deliver are very deep, very difficult behind the scenes, but- Very infrastructural. Yes, but yeah. to you out there, it looks very simple. We've also built a platform we call Verify.Africa, which is a very ambitious project that we are aggregating all the 
identity databases in Africa because we realize that in Africa there is a lot of fragmentation of ID yeah. inform, uh, infrastructure. So we're looking at having just one platform across the entire Africa where all the various ID service providers can be plugged to it. So you have driver's database collecting, um, driver's license collecting fingerprint information, you have the um, passport collecting information, you have the national ID which is the foundational database. And of course, on top of the foundational, you need to have a lot of functional databases. So for us, is to enable a connection to that entire ecosystem via one API, mm. such that you want to verify any form of identity, you should be able to call and con connect to that API. So that's really a lot of the work we've been doing. But for us, we now said, okay, in the next 10 years, what do we want to get to? We said, let's have this big area of digital schools. Hmm? has to be very big, call it BHAG, mm -hmm. uh, Big Hairy Audition School. You say by 2030, instead of having a 13 or 30? 2030. 30. Who were listed in the, the London Stock Exchange published list of companies to inspire Africa in 2019 and they included Synfix that it was quite interesting it's and amazing. surprising for us yeah. that, you know, somehow that somebody out there noticing yeah. that we're doing something. So we say by 2030, we want to have delivered value to at least a billion end users. Hmm, from 350 million to a billion. Yes. We want to have intentionally built a thousand leaders, intentionally. And we want to have delivered value to at least 10,000 businesses. When I mean deliver value to 10,000 businesses, we, are, we, we look at Synfix like an infrastructural kind of company that should have these businesses sit on Synfix mm. and actually generate revenue on a daily basis. Mm. So Synfix is not that kind of company that typically will build a solution to compete with its partners. It's the kind of company that will build a solution to enable its partners make more money. Mm. Like we have a platform that we call Billable which is being used heavily in Uganda at the moment. Billable is a revenue management platform, but you see it's built for partners. So we are not directly engaging or typically, we're not always going out to engage governments to try to get them to use the platform. Mm -hmm. Basically what we do is empower partners that already consult, that don't have the capability to build those kind of solutions and build them a solution that they can use to manage those processes. So grow that intentionally and have at least 10,000 of such. Currently, they are not up to 1,000 right. that so. we have direct relationship with. But the ones that sit on our platform indirectly, they are over 50,000. Mm. So every day we have close to 80,000 agents using our software okay. every day, okay. logging in to use it for one um, item or the other. So it's actually the scale of usage is, is very enormous. Um, same time, we now want to be very intentional about um, scaling it yeah. and actually delivering the desired kind of impact. Does yeah. that make any sense? It makes a lot of sense. One of the things you mentioned is that you guys have been doing a lot of things behind the scenes, not being very popular. Is that something that you also want to change in the next 10 years? Uh, well, um, and has it been deliberate to just like focus on the work and not on like the media part of it? Well, um, I'm a Christian and there's this saying that you show your faith by your works. Mm. And there's this other saying that says that actions speak louder than, than your voice, yeah. right? So we believe in speaking through our deliveries. We believe in speaking through our, you know. So it doesn't mean that we're not interested in speaking more and being more visible. We're actually deliberately taking that into consideration. We're actually doing a lot of work 
I mean, me engaging you here is part of, oh, okay, let's get yes. more visible, right? <laughs> but same time, it doesn't mean that um, we, we focus on that at the expense of what is really very important. What mm. is really very important, you know, you need to build talent and deliberately get people out of poverty. You need to get people to understand what needs to be done, get them to grow, mm. even though most of the times they end up leaving you, but at least you still need to, <laughs> you know. And when they leave you, they make it not personal, but it's personal, it's personal. for you It's personal for you to train them and build them. <laughs> but then when they're leaving, they, you know, it's not personal, but it's okay. So that makes sense, that is important, you know. So you need to focus a lot more on that. So if I have $100, for example, I'm rather going to maybe spend eighty dollars out of it getting that real work done, not okay. getting getting um, into the media for mm. saying hey I did this. Because yeah. I've noticed a trend where people you have a hundred dollars use eighty to say hey I'm gonna do this and use twenty to actually do that and it doesn't really balance. Yeah, that makes sense. What would you say has been the biggest challenges that you've dealt with in this fifteen years of building sim face to where it is today? The biggest challenge, hmm, I think. It's not just me that is facing this challenge. I think, I think Africa as a whole, because well, when I look at Simfis, Simfis is no longer just Africa. Simfis is now a, a global organization because mm. we're based in London now, based in Lagos, based in Uganda, and mm. also in the UAE. So Simfis is no longer just one geography. But when we used to be one geography, the challenge used to be resources. Mm. And when I mean resources, it is a combination of both, both you know, cash resources mm -hmm. and humans, human mm. beings, having the right humans. And by the way, we stopped calling human beings resources <laughs> in, um, in Synfix um, because we, we realized that at the end of the day, the reason we do what we do is simply because we do it to, to build up man. Mm. Man is the end in himself. Mm man is not the means to an end. Mm -hmm. So since man is the end, then we should recognize and humanize the people. If you notice the same fish logo, it was changed at some point. I think it was changed in 20, um, 2018, 2017-ish. Can't remember when. But that was when we went through a rigorous process of analyzing. Before our logo kind of suggested that we are like a lab mm. where we build solutions. And that exactly was what Synfix was at that point. But in our process of evolution, we realized that we need to focus more on humanizing the person. Mm. That's when we started focusing more on solutions for the human. We put mm. the human at the center and then build the solutions around, around the human. So we put the human at the center, identify the human, verify the identity of the human, and offer services to that human. So you humanize that. Anyway, back to um, the, <laughs> the challenges. The challenges. So on the challenges, I think one of the biggest challenges is actually brain drain. Mm. It doesn't help you plan. I mean... And when you say brain drain, you mean like a lot of talents in Africa? Talents in Africa live in Africa because mm. we still have our engineering base in Africa. The second one was um, money challenges. You need a lot of cash to build a mm. company in Synfix. So Synfix has grown from my sitting room when I was doing your service. That we started with 75,000, uh, then it was, um, if you convert it, it was like, I think it was around maybe $500 or thereabouts. 75,000 there, $500. Then, <laughs> right now you know how much it is, but it's still 75,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we started with 75,000 and we've grown organically. 
I would now we do revenue in billions of naira or in at least multiple millions of dollars. Yeah. And we've grown organically from that time till now, now without taking any investors fund. Hmm. We've bootstrapped all the way. So And the company is profitable. Yes, from day one we make sure that we make, generate enough revenue, invest the revenue in the company and take out some bit of profit. So because why we, why we do that is that we realize that it is not a sprint, mm. it's a marathon, mm. right? A, a lot of people that build organizations or that build companies, some of them build to sell. And when you're building to sell, is a sprint. Mm. One year, two year, five year sprint. You just need to get it to grow as much as possible so that you can sell and exit and start another thing. Yeah. But when you are building to last, when you're trying to build an institution, it's not a sprint. Mm. It's a marathon. You must be dogged and you must take your time. Mm. You must ensure you put the right structures in place. So in Synfix, we've tried to put so much structure in place try to systematize everything that we do mm. anyway so that's um um that's money cha- money parts yeah. where you you know you're not running with investors cars but now we are becoming uh, we're having a lot more global solutions we are now getting to the point where hey you know what we really have to maybe get in some investors mm. to put in some cash because we are beginning to see how much scale possible. is possible with what we have already built so far so that even if we choose not to deliver on new opportunities new solutions just to scale the sheer volume of solutions that we have built and put it in various di- markets and dimension it properly mm. it needs a lot of cash yeah and it needs a lot of humans yeah. a lot of you know a lot of people with the right kind of motivation, with the right kind of incentive mm. to be able to push through and get things done. You know, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so what, something I'm wondering is, what are the what are the sort of intricacies of doing business the way you do it, right? Because you simply is a very B to B company. When you talk about doing work for telcos or universities or or NIBs, that's that's those are institutions, right? It's the sales cycle is longer. So I'm just wondering things that you can share about just running business I, I mean one of the things you mentioned was that you weren't not just going to tech for tech you weren't going to tech for the business of tech and then inside that your customers are going to be these large institutions what has that experience been like being able so, to close those kind of clients uh so you see um, the only way to be the best is to play with the best mm. the only way to um if you want to make big money you have to do big work you must do big work. There's nothing like small work for big yeah. money. There's nothing like mediocre work for excellent reward. Do you understand? Yeah. Even if you are doing it and getting by, it will catch up with you. Mm. So for us, doing business with the big guys, the big companies, and delivering mission critical solutions is, is a very big privilege mm-hmm. to do business with big organizations like MTN, Glow, Nine Mobile, Airtel, the government, very big, even the banks, we have yeah. the banks as customers, very big banks like UBA, is a very big privilege to do business with these guys. Why? Because these people have well-established processes, mm. well-established structures, structures and systems that guarantee outcomes. So for you to do business with them, it forces you to mature. Mm. So Synfix, in doing business with them, was forced to mature. Mm. Synfix was forced to put processes in place, not out of demand for such processes, but out of the necessity to exist. Mm. Because the sheer work, the sheer volume of work that comes from those guys, 
somebody makes a demand right now and that demand he's making right now he expects that since two years ago he deployed <laughs> yes. the solution for it do you understand yeah so as he's asking for it now he's expecting you to say hey i'm done deploying it start using it mm. things don't work like that in the real life yeah. but that's exactly what it is the expectation of you is that you are two years three years ahead of them in innovation and in ideating that thing and bringing it to life for you to actually run that kind of organization for you to be that kind of organization that remains relevant you have to be ahead mm. for you to be ahead you have to mature your processes you can't be struggling behind it you can't be trained wrong yeah and be hoping to innovate and get to the next level do you understand it yeah. doesn't work that way so that has been my experience it forces you to mature like in 2015 quentin got a fine they got a fine of five billion dollars from the nigerian government i think then it was 1.4 trillion after the long process of RFP that they did, they still came back and they selected Simfix that this is the best company to get it done. Mm. And that project is supposed to be an implementation timeline of six months. And guess what? We implemented it in 10 days. <laughs> in 10 days. Wow. For 10 days, I slept in MTN 10th floor. 10 days, I was there with my engineers. There was a 72-hour period mm. that sleep did not cross these eyes. I was there. People will come to work, go home, come to work, go home, then come to work again. Then I'll go with them to go and refresh and still come back. One day I was looking at the screen and I realized my eyes were getting bad and I was like, oh, okay, you know what? I need to actually like go and rest. Mm. But you see, in that period, we were doing that work so that the company will survive and not change name. Mm. So that the fine will not kill the company. So that over 5,000 people that work in that company will not enter the street looking for another work. Mm. Do you understand? So that that fine doesn't exactly kill them. And when we are done, I think based on the work we did and a combination of other interesting work that they did as an organization as well, the fine was renegotiated, the fine came down. We put a process, a system in place that can check for quality in the field before the customer leaves. We're able to take a picture of person, confirm it meets the ISO standard, do deep image analysis, ensure that the face is actually, you know, accurate the, and is the face of a real human being. So there's a lot of work that we did there, implementing that very interesting solution. But you solved the problem, bottom line. And it's a lot of deep engineering um, kind of work. Yeah. It's not like all these simple apps. <laughs> that it's simple. That you just simple deploy apps. to just create a unique process to, you know, make an ingenious process to make something. I mean, when you look at apps like YouTube that do a lot of AI, do you understand? Yeah. Uh -huh. YouTube is not that simple. You can't easily build or copy it, you get. So that's it, really. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, the amount of work that you guys have done in 15 years, working with these telcos, working with the government, working with universities, that's, a, that's massive. And lots of successes as well, right? Lots of money you have made as well. So I'm wondering, like, what are the key mistakes you have probably made in these 15 years that at one point you figured, wow, am I going to kill this company? Or something that you would do differently if you're going to go back and do it again? Mm. Well, I guess my whoever is my competition is going to watch this video. So if I talk <laughs> about the key, key, key challenges, I, <laughs> but if I'm to do things a bit differently, hmm, I would start the process of systematizing things that I started late. I would have started it earlier. Mm. I would have started putting. I mean, we we went through a journey. We were trying to hack it and figure it out. 
You see, there's really nothing like uh, you go to school, you, they teach you nothing in school. Yeah. We are in school ourselves, we are there in the streets, learning what needed to be done and making progress. You see, there was a time when I was in the street doing down for business just to make money to actually grow the business. But you see, if I were to do it a bit differently, maybe instead of trying to solve, be a company that solves so many problems, mm. I'll try to maybe just identify just mm -hmm. one problem, right. just one, and solve it very deeply and very vertically. Because mm. Synfix has so many deep vertical problems that we've solved, mm. you know? So I'm not regretting that. It's actually a, some, something extremely exciting and interesting about Synfix because you never really get bored. There's yeah. always something exciting, you know? Yeah. So, but if I were to say, you know what, I'm not in Synfix, which is not gonna happen anytime soon, <laughs> at least from my perspective, so um, maybe what I will do is find one core vertical problem that I'm going to solve to the very last depth. Go so deep in it and solve it. That's one. Aside putting the right kind of systems in place on time, which we kind of like did, but um, it's arguable if we did put it in, in on time. Then I'm also going to continue taking training more seriously. Mm be extremely deliberate about more training, especially depends on where I'm operating that. I mean, if I'm looking at it from the Africa perspective, brain drain is already going on. It's very, very de um, depressing, but it's there, it's happening. So the way out is to do more trainings. Mm. It's just that the attitude of our people doesn't help when you want to do the trainings because they, they put self first, they don't put training first, they put self first and this is a bit worrisome. So I would pl place a lot of emphasis on building people, you know, like we always do. I'll place more emphasis on ensuring that whoever that works with me becomes a leader. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you want more leaders in the business, do you understand? Yeah. Okay. So if I were to do it again, I will also probably try to maybe raise some money because the process of organic growth takes time. But it's not for the faint-hearted, but at least yeah. it's a way to start. Right. Yeah. If you don't have um, somebody that can give you the cash upfront, if you don't have somebody that can invest, maybe you have to go through the organic process and that guarantees that you have figured out the business. So the day you're asking for cash, it's easier. It's much easier. So, but uh, I mean, it's not like anything is is, yeah. is bad so far. Okay. And so my final question now is, what would be your advice to upcoming entrepreneurs, people who want to build businesses like yours or businesses better than yours? I mean, because again, when yes. I was doing the introduction, uh, I mentioned all oh, this and all you found. You've done it for a long, fifteen years is a long time to be building one company. What 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 yeah. one advice you would give to other people? Um, so to you that is watching this video, my advice to you would be that you need a lot of energy. That's number one, you need a lot of energy. You see, uh, energy is infectious. Hmm? When, even like in this interview, you, or this series of interviews that you do, you would have interacted with people that sap your energy and the people that replenish your energy. So as a founder, you need a lot of energy. You need a lot of faith. <laughs> you understand? A huge dose of faith. And you need to be able to actually think. You see, the most laborious things for humans to do is to think. 
And the only way of making progress is to also think. Uh. And you see, that quiet time you spend, for me, it's quiet time I spend with the Holy Spirit. But you see, that quiet time you spend thinking, when you spend time just thinking, you're actually creating possibilities because I recognize that I don't have to get somebody to lose a business so that I can get one. So I'm not competing with you. Mm. I don't intend to compete with anybody. What I intend to do is to create. So rather than go after the cake with the, you know, just look at the proverbial pie. Rather than look, after, look at the pie and say, what portion of that pie can I get? I would rather say, hey guys, why don't we work to enlarge this pie? Let the pie be bigger so that it can accommodate more persons. Mm -hmm. Let more persons be able to come in. So you see, if you look at the volume of businesses we have, even tech founders, you know, tech um, businesses we have in Nigeria, it's not enough. We need an order of magnitude of like a million more for Nigerians to start building that level of wealth that is required. So you see, you need more persons. You need more persons trained. You need more. So we need more persons to think. That's what I'm basically saying. <laughs> yeah. And to think, you need to be able to approach problems creatively. You need to see that this is not a problem, this is actually an opportunity. So as a founder, I will encourage you to have a huge dose of faith, have a lot of energy, spend time. Spend a lot of time, block time, doing thinking work. Then um, I will also advise any founder that, because when you typically start, it's a lot of work. So most times the founder starts, mm, they are here, and money is here, and value is here. Mm. Mm. Most times when people start, they are aiming at money. And when you aim at money, money becomes elusive. So I advise founders to aim at value. value first. And when you aim at value, you get money by default. Mm. When I was about to take jam years ago, um, I went for use of English lesson. Um, Professor S.C. Chota of Blessed Memory taught me use of English and he told us that the reason why we are here for him to teach us is not for us to pass use of English in jam. That the reason why we are here is for us to learn how to speak well. Mm. And we're like, okay, so are we still going to pass jam? He said, because <laughs> if you speak well, pass you pass jam. jam by default. Now speaking well is here, jam is here when you can speak well, you're already operating at a level that is so high away from jump that you pass it by default. That's exactly what happens when you operate at a value perspective, when you focus on value, not on money, when you are the kind of person that can be entrusted with a billion dollars and nothing will go wrong, you have a lot of value that cannot change. Then money comes to you by default. You see, the only way to grow, you found that the only way to grow is not by pulling things down to your level, it's actually by growing to that level. Because whatever you're looking for is looking for you. Mm. Please, you know that. <laughs> whatever I mean, you're looking for no, no, is no, looking for you. So whatever it is you're looking for in life is busy looking for you. The only difference is that they cannot come to this version of you. Mm. They will come to a modified version of you. So you see a child, you know, that hasn't been able to wash his hands properly. Why will kings bring him in and allow him to eat with them? Mm. Is it not when you clean up, wash your hands properly? that the kings will bring you in and say, hey, you know what, come and join us. So that's exactly what it is. So founders, I encourage you, first transform yourself radically, transform yourself mentally. Stop accepting the status quo. And it's for, this one is extremely important. Don't get complacent. Mm -hmm. Because the moment you make money, 
most times people just get to tend to get very complacent they relax start looking for the easy life start misbehaving the, those that have not built value that have not focused on value then the only thing you see them do is just misbehave scream at people not respect people think that they own the workers no you have to respect these people you have to respect them i mean they are building something in collaboration with they don't work for you they work with you yeah right because people are the end in themselves they are the end they are not the means to an end they are the end things are for people not people for things do you understand yeah. so you get people to you do work so that people will be happy so that people will go for holiday so that people will receive <laughs> receive benefits yeah not for holidays to be sacrificed so that people would do you understand yeah. so that so you don't sacrifice people, people for things you sacrifice things for people for people now when you have the right kind of value and the right kind of focus guess what at the end of the day you're going to do things to benefit people and no matter what happens whether you have a billion dollars or you don't have a billion dollars no matter what happens you remain constant, you remain, you have the same character. People can say, yes, you can trust that man, you can do business with him. And the biggest businesses I've got are from referrals. Mm. You know, people that we've engaged, like one of the biggest uh, customers we have is MTN. And I didn't go out looking for MTN. I mean, I did go out looking for them, but <laughs> I couldn't get them. Yeah. It was until I stopped looking for them that Very they came. Good. And the day they came, they called me out of the blues to say, hey, you know what, we've got a problem and you have the solution, come, let's talk. And that's it. So, so, and it came from a referral of another work that we've already done. Somebody said, you know what, that's the company to work with. Just go talk to them. Stop all this long process, just work with that company. And that's it. And so, effectively, when founders focus on value, when founders find time to think, think. when founders invest a lot in upgrading themselves mm. and refusing to accept the status quo, when founders decide not to be complacent, and when founders decide to do something about the situation they found themselves in. I mean, it is so easy to complain. The easiest thing to do is to complain. That's mm. the easiest thing to do, right? But to find solutions, to proffer the solutions after complaining, that's difficult. And to proffer that solution, you need to think. <laughs> and thinking, remember, is a laborious process. Just think, think about it. When, how can you be able to focus for the next 20 minutes and have nothing else but focus and think about something in particular if you if you you realize that at the end of the day if you do that for 20 minutes you're going to get so hungry <laughs> yes because your body is going to burn a lot of energy but then you're going to feel this this excitement this positive aura you know you're going to realize that there's something so with, that's something that is not that didn't that wasn't in you that got into you you are going to have this positive energy that hey you know what i think it's figured out you, you, imagine when you figure something out it hasn't happened but you know that this is figured out you're just walking through the reality so that also helps you you know in terms of making sure that you have faith yeah, yeah. so that's amazing. any other so, questions so think um, improve yourself, don't become complacent, don't and become go complacent. for value, not yes. money. Just and please come to workplace with a lot of energy. Don't be the person that sap energy from people. Mm. When you come to work, bring a dose of energy, drop it on the table, infect everybody. <laughs> because when you infect other people, when you give them um, a lot of energy, they give you in return. Mm. If you deplete your energy bank and nobody's giving you in return, you lose a lot of traction. Mm. 
that's amazing yeah. um, that was my last question is there anything you wanted me to ask you that i did not ask you or something you wanted to share that, I, that you didn't get the opportunity to uh, well when i was coming i was coming with an open mind just come on <laughs> come on you know just gist so i wasn't particularly saying hey you must ask this question it's not like this is a this is not like a PR exercise, right? Yeah, no. Uh, so it's just conversation. If, if, if it was a PR exercise, I would have had some positionings that I want to make sure <laughs> that you're putting very well, you know, stuff like that. So I think the conversation has just gone the way it is. Um, feel free to buzz me up again if you need anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will take you up on that. Well, but just, just so you know, Simfix is set up now in the UK. Um, so and you mentioned Uganda and the UAE and then Nigeria as well. Oh yes, you know. So my work right now is to ensure that the UK office takes off while not compromising on other setups. So to generally make sure that each of these companies really, you know, that they take off all part of the same group. Amazing. Thank you so much, Chimezi, for having this conversation with me. At some point, you started preaching. That was was uh, I? Yeah, yeah. There was a point where you got up, like, yeah, it feels like we've entered another realm. But it was very amazing because I've personally learned a lot and I've just been very inspired just by your journey and also just the, the value that you shared. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that whenever I feel this way, I know that the video will do very well because I know that people will learn as well. Just we have learned. So, so that, thank that, you for that. That thing you felt is the energy. It's energy. About. Yeah. Yes. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely dropped it. So, thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast to the end. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have been inspired or motivated to get better in your careers, in your businesses, in your life. I hope this, you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure you subscribe to the videos on my YouTube channel at PCTME or just search for Founders Connect and you find the playlist and then subscribe to the channel. Also, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a rating also so more people can find it and also talk about about the episode that you listen to hashtag found this connect across social media hey i'll see you in the next episode peace out